the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2012 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this song away. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Today, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. Okay, now, those of you who know the show, the show's about estate planning and elder law, at least the first part of the show. The idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The next part of the show, we talk about politics, history, religion. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about religion. We've got two guests. We've got Paula White, spiritual advisor to Donald Trump, and an old friend of the show, an old friend of ours, Elise Lobianco, who's married to the great actor Tony Lobianco. But she's been an author, and, and again, she's going to give a religious perspective on the times that we're going through now. In, in the meanwhile, let's get one estate planning question out. Each week, Kevin McCullough asks a question from the, his audience. He reads the question out loud. We try to answer the question. And you listen to Kevin Monday through Friday. On 970 The Answer, bonus hour on Wednesdays, and on 570 The Mission, Monday through Fridays at 3 o'clock. So listen to Kevin, but take it away, Kevin. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Every week we promise you, and then we deliver on that promise, to get a question answered for you from none other than Mike Connors. Connors & Sullivan, the only law firm I recommend when it comes to estate care and elder law. And, Mike, this week's question comes from Jessica from Queens. She said, Dear Mr. Connors, my elderly Aunt Millie needs a will and a health care proxy to be done. Her health is failing, but because of COVID-19, we're afraid to take her out in public. How can we get these things done without exposing her to the virus? Signed, Jessica. Mike Connors. Okay, well, right now there's a temporary law in effect where we can sign legal documents over remotely over the computer through Zoom, Skype, or one of those programs. So in other words, you don't have to leave your house to sign the, the papers. You know, just a few months ago, if you signed a will, you had to sign in front of the witnesses. In effect, you had to be all in the same room. Now we can sign the same documents via computer, let's say a Zoom program, any laptop usually has it. We see the person sign from their home. We're witnessing the documents from our office. And that's how it's done now. We're, we're finally into the 21st century on some of these documents. Well, I think there's always been concern that uh, things be authentic and accurate. So I've never really been opposed to things that had to be voted on or signed in public. Uh, but uh, it does seem 
that it has lagged the, uh, the the realm of technology in recent years. So glad to hear that. And, and you guys have done quite a few of these since the COVID outbreak. Oh, yeah, we're doing at least one a day right now. Yeah. Well, friends, if you need to have your will reviewed or your health care proxy established, uh, there is no place better to do it than Connors and Sullivan. We had our will done in the McCullough household through uh, uh, Mike and uh, the uh, the team there, uh, we would suggest you do the same. 718-238-6500 and get your questions answered each Thursday here on Kevin McCullough Radio at AskMikeConnors at gmail.com and on his broadcast Saturday morning at 8, Saturday evenings at 6 on AM 570 and FM 102.3 The Mission and Sunday morning starting at 11 on AM 970 The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, today accompanied by my wife, Beth. Yep, I'm here. And our son, Michael. Hello, everyone. Now, we're going to be talking about faith today, and we're going to have two guests on. One is Elise Lobianco, an old friend of the show, and, and our friend. And he, she's married, by the way, to the famous actor Tony Lobianco from The French Connection. Remember, years ago, we were talking about The French Connection, and at the time, our producer's favorite movie, The Honeymoon Killers. And if, if you haven't seen that, Tony does a great job in that movie. But today, we're talking about faith. And, and Elise is going to be talking to us about the power of prayer and what prayer can do for us. And we're going to keep that theme going for the rest of the show. After that, we're going to be talking to Pastor Paula White, spiritual advisor to Donald Trump. And again, the same theme. You know, we're going through tough times right now. We need prayer to help get us through it. So that's the theme of today's show. We're going to be taking a short break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Again, you're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. 
time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, we're going through some hard times right now. I mean, those of you listening to the show know we've been battered by the number of, of people that have passed away, and we got Black Lives Matter and statues coming down and chaos in the streets. And, you know, sometimes you almost forget that God is around. But our next guest is here to remind us. Uh, you know, a few years ago we talked about her book, Meditations from Your Abba Father, Elise Lobianco. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Mike. I'm very happy to be here. Okay, now I just let's go back a little bit in, in history. What does Abba mean? Abba is, means daddy. It's what the what the Lord Jesus used in the Bible when he was talking to his father, and he encouraged us to use that name as well, to have it be so personal. He wasn't just some God that we don't know. He was our Abba. He was our daddy. He was our daddy that, we're very, that we should feel very close to and feel so loved by. All right. So how does your book help right now people to get through? Because it you know, I, I've never been so depressed about what's going on right now as, as far as world events and, you know, the country and, and so forth. And, and sometimes you forget we're, you know, God is there. But we have to talk to him. Oh, man. And, and he'll talk back too. the world is very frightening right now. And we can choose to live our lives that way. We can sit and have the television on all day long because it can be mesmerizing, and I think it's very important to know what's going on, but I do not think it should occupy all of your life, all of your day. I think you should get in tune with what's going on, but then you should come apart from that and know that you should not be frightened, that we have a Heavenly Father that loves us, that this world is not our final home, and that even though we do not know the answers to what's going on because it is so complicated— and there's so much pain and suffering going on uh, with loss of life and with, with rioting and, and total political unrest that we, that we cannot see the answer. We cannot find the cure. But you know what? The Lord God does know. And if we put our trust in him, we do not need to fear at all. Remember he said in Psalms that morning may come. We'll have morning now. But joy will come in the morning. When I say weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That's in Psalms 30, verse 5. That's what I cling to. I know that if I keep my eyes on the Lord Jesus, that I will have the peace that I need. Um, There's so many beautiful verses that, that he encourages us with. And one of them is, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Now, this was written 2,000 years ago, but he knew the things that we would be going through. He knew what we would be facing. And he said, do not be afraid of anything. Put your trust in me. And he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's in John 16:33. So we know not only does he have the answer, but he's already conquered the devil. And that when he died on the cross, his blood was the atonement and the answer. And that the devil has been dis- destroyed in victory. 
because we if we keep our eyes on the Lord, we will have that victory. Yeah, no, I you know, it's it we should reflect a little bit. These words were written 2000 years ago, and right now and for some of us I think in our lifetime this is as bad as it's ever been. But the world has yeah. been through much worse. I mean, even 100 years ago we had the flu in the United States around the world that killed a lot more people and was a lot more devastating. We had World War One. We had World War Two. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, you know, in the 2000 years, how many plagues do we have that wiped out, you know, a third of the population? So we have to we have and to try to persevere. True. And we think that, you know, maybe the Lord is coming right away because of all of the unrest in our own country. But this has been going on for years in other countries. Think of the the Christians that are being mutilated and and uh, murdered in other countries for their faith, and that is happening. That is going on. We don't have. We're not facing that now. We're just facing a very, very, very tough, difficult, painful thing. But the Lord says, "Do not be afraid." I, I can read you from uh, just today's meditation. Do not be afraid of the future. Do not be afraid of today or tomorrow, for I am with you, waiting for you to take my hand giving me free reign to guide you through your problems. Remember yesterday, if you stayed close to me, we had a victorious day. If you chose to go through the day alone, you experienced loneliness and fear. No matter what happened yesterday, if you choose to walk with me today, I will turn disasters into benefits, mistakes into second chances. You can't lose, dear one, if you choose me. The world may live to its own dying heartbeat, but where you and I dwell is love and light, joy and hope, all made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it's not much of a choice, is it? But I need to let you make it. So it's it's up to us to make the choice to just trust in the Lord, to give our lives to him, and to ask that he take us on as his own child and he is standing there waiting with open arms to do that and with him there is always hope there is always peace apart from everything else that's going on you'll find it inside of yourself if you put your focus on him and not on the things that are happening in this world and how do you do that you do that through prayer through reading the bible the bible is so interesting You can find so many incredible stories in the Old Testament of power and and even wars and love and all kinds of things. And then in the New Testament, the the stories of Jesus and his apostles, it is absolutely fascinating. And the more you read, the more you get a better understanding of who God is and what he wants to be in your life, what he can be in your life. And then you come apart and you close your eyes, and you pray, and you pray to the Lord and, and ask that he be with you. You pour out your heart, your fears, your, your, your joys. You, you thank him for all the things that he has blessed you with and, and that he will always be with you. And if you do this every day, you will start finding that you're not as afraid of things. You're not as fearful that you can share hope and joy with others around you. You know, God bless you, Elise. I mean, I, growing up, um, I know you know the hymn, but I walk in the garden alone. Oh, yes. And um, my, that was my, my grandmother was a church organist for 55 years. And um, oh, 
when she was practicing, I would hear her. That was, that was, I almost always knew when she was finished because she would just play that. And that, I think we all forget sometimes, we walk, when we walk in that garden with God alone, with Jesus, that is the most precious, I should say those are the most precious times we have. For me, that was always what prayer was. Mm, exactly. So what what are the first four sentences of that hymn? Because I come to the garden when alone the, when the dew, dew is, is still on the roses, roses and the voice and I the hear, joy and the, and the voice I hear. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. I'm and the voice I the hear. The voice I hear falling on, on my, my ears. No one has ever. Oh, my goodness. Da, da, da. I, you know, and he walks with me, and, and he talks, talks with, with me, me and, and he tells me, and he tells me I'm all alone. And, this and, song, and the joy we share as we tarry there, there. No other none other has ever known. So those are things to remember: the joy we share as, as we, we tarry, tarry there, there with our Lord. None other has ever known. We can't find it anywhere in this world, and even our closest relationships, we're going to find it in the Lord Jesus, who, when we ask him into our hearts, he will be there, and he will give us hope and joy. And and sing those songs. Sing those songs so that you remember those things. Talk to him. Pray with him. And go out into nature where things are still still the same. The foxes still play. The birds still sing. Even though the world is swirling all around, the things in nature that God created are there to remind us that he's there. Absolutely right. Absolutely. You know, now, Elise, you brought up something earlier. You talked about the Christians in the Middle East. And I I, I know we said we weren't going to get too political today. But you, mm. you know our friend, Father Paul, he just went back to the Middle yes. East a couple of days ago. Oh, boy, he's so brave. And, you know, he's going to be offering masses for the re-election of president trump because he mm. he firmly believe well he knows that president trump has done more for christians in the middle east than anybody else oh. in, in the last yeah. whatever time and, yes. and and you know politics is important we can't forget that with all the troubles you know no, sometimes uh-uh. you just want to withdraw but i think you would agree with me on that absolutely absolutely i know god has put this man there and i tell you Many people do not agree. I've heard both ways, even from Christians. But the day that he walked out of the White House, walked across the park with the rioters not far away, and stood in front of that church and put his hand up into the air with the Bible, was his message that God is ruling this country, and I have, he has chosen God. And he made a very public declaration of it. So although we can look at his past life as we can look at all of our past lives, God is using this person to save children's lives, to save Christians' lives around the country, around the world. Um, this is this is God's man for this time, and it's important that we get out and vote. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are. I don't want to say necessarily that the the politicians that I disagree with are bad people. I do believe mm-hmm. in so many cases. They're misguided. I mm. have so many friends that just have a knee-jerk reaction against President Trump. 
And I just, yeah. I really, yeah. I don't, they can't say why they don't like him, really. And mm-hmm. um, I, I truly believe they're misguided. I'm, you know, right. sometimes, sometimes even in our churches, things are taught that aren't really Christian. You know, right. I, I don't think right. the, the social justice movement is Christian. I really think mm-hmm. it's Marxist. I mean, I... No, I know. It's been proven I, it's Marxist. I went to my little Methodist college down in Louisiana, and they were teaching all of this stuff. You know, this is in the early 70s. And they were teaching mm-hmm. all this stuff. And back then... It didn't ring true to me. It seemed mean. Like, you know, well, mm. who, if social justice, who, who are you, who are you mad at today? You know, mm-hmm. who, who are we going to push a, push away today from Christianity? I did get mm-hmm. aggravated and it was some of my friends and, you know, social media. Sometimes I think I ought to stay off of it. But when they were fussing about President Trump, going to the church with the Bible, as you're saying, I thought, what is wrong with you now? Now you're going to say this person isn't welcome in your church? Holy smoke. I know, I know, I know. And those are the ones that have, you know, I don't know. It's it, it just, it, I tell you what, the demonic spirit that, that's alive in this country today could be very frightening if we don't know that the victory's already been won and he is working the devil is working strongly right now uh but we know we have the victory and i believe even a victory in november um which might bring a little bit more unhappiness but again <laughs> we no, can be armed just... and dangerous ourselves to protect ourselves with the word of god right well you we said have the it, power you, and the authority for prayer we must fight fear and really, yeah. it's like it's one little soul at a time, and we have to start with ourselves, each one of us. It's, yes, it's, it's, that's true. It's, it's not like you just have this big wave of whatever, but one person at a time, go to the garden and pray. Just go mm-hmm. to that. If you're in the city, that garden can be in your mind. Exactly, exactly. It can be in your closet. It can be anywhere. Because we are powerful against the enemy just with the blood of Jesus Christ covering us. We've already won. Now, if you wouldn't mind me just jumping in and asking a question. um, I mean, you and your husband, you know, your husband attained the just heights of respect and acclamation for his work in Hollywood for the longest time. And and for what his historical of, perspective, yeah, Mayor LaGuardia, you know, that, that's, that's mm-hmm. a great one-man show. So what kind of pressure is he facing right now in terms of the entertainment industry? And what kind of pressure are you facing right now? Oh, I tell you what, he is, um, he, he is so upset with Hollywood. He is one of the, you know, I think there's 5,000, 6,000 voting members of the Academy that, that vote to you know to for the best picture and best actor and things like that he's one of those it's a very prestigious situation he just got an email about a month ago saying that that um, the academy had changed its rules so that a picture that would be nominated 
could not be nominated to, to accept one of these awards unless it had a certain number of black people in it, unless it starred a certain number of black people in it and different, um, had more equality in the movie. And Tony was so upset. He has no problem with having many different colors of everybody in the movie, but he said it has to be on talent. It has to be on story. It has to be there. The whole world is turning upside down. And, um, uh, I don't, you know, he, he's very public about his conservative views and, and, uh, does face pressure. I've seen him turn down jobs because he doesn't like the, the, the way that, he is supposed to play an, something because it's not a um, a role with dignity anymore. It's, uh, I think he used to play those roles. He doesn't want to do that anymore. And I know that he has turned uh, down because of his conservative views. I mean, there's no question about that. And he's very public about that. But um, even more public now that it's become the Black Lives Matter um, Academy, you know, it's crazy. Like you said, the world's turned upside down. Uh, yeah. You know, if, wrapping up, can you give us one last final thought or prayer? Oh, the communion with the Lord. And it is the greatest honor and the greatest thing that we can do. And the more time that you spend time in prayer, the more you will come to love it, the more you will come to love Him, the more you will realize your own authority and and right to sonship daughtership that that we have that enables us to to even voice our prayers and 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 know that they have been heard and know that they will be answered and i can only encourage it for for everyone elise thank you for sharing your thoughts and your prayers with the listeners of Mm -hmm. ask the lawyer you're very welcome my honor my honor Thank you so much, Elise. Thank you for coming on, and we send our love to you and your family down there. Thank you. Blessings to all. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503.
Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, right now we're having tough times. It's hard to even listen to the news stations anymore. And a lot of the people I know say it's like the world is turned upside down, and it's almost enough to, to give up hope. But maybe it's time for prayer. And our next guest, Pastor Paula White, can elucidate on that. Pastor, welcome to Connor's Corner. It's so great to be with you and all your listeners. And like you said, maybe it's not such a bad idea to turn off the news and the social media and everything, the noise in life for just a moment. And much of it, which we know is, is we say fake news because there isn't much fair and balanced journalism any longer. And and to be quiet and be still before God, there's so much comfort in knowing that we do have a sovereign God who is very certain during uncertain times. And I, scriptures that that means something to me every morning as I wake up and just start meditating on on his goodness and learning how to cast my cares upon him where Psalm 121 says, lift up your hills and look unto the Lord from where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord and he doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. He that keepeth Israel keeps us. And Psalm 89 verse 34 says that he is a covenant keeping God and he doesn't alter that which comes out of his lips. And you know, there's so much anxiety and worry and fear right now from people, but the difference, which which is understandable. I mean, the whole world has gone through trauma in some aspect, whether it's been physical or spiritual or emotional or financial and in and, and many different ways. But the, the difference between reality and perception is creating a lot of anxiety in people. Kaiser recently came out with a study that said, 48% of people have anxiety and extreme fear that they will die of COVID. Uh, 62% have anxiety that a family member will. And while we deeply mourn and grieve those who have lost loved ones and have been impacted by this pandemic, we also realize that if you're looking at that, and these are statistics for America, if we're thinking... 48, let's just make it 50% right around there. And we say 2019 census as we have about 328 million people or so. You're talking 160 plus million people that would die. Now, we, we know there's been 100 plus, you know, thousand deaths. But the discrepancy between reality and perception is, is huge. And that anxiety is big. And what will the world be like? Will we be able to worship? Will we have church again? Or my family members safe? Should I send my kids back to school? What's happening? Um, is my home safe? Is my city safe? All of those things. And, and God tells us to cast our cares upon him. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, when it says, let your request be made known unto God, that's a prayer scripture. And that word request is your anxieties. And then the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keeps your heart and mind through Christ Jesus, and it guards it the way you think about something, the way you feel about something. So I just encourage you right now, if you're experiencing that anxiety or that fear or uh, you know, just that grief and whatever it could be, give it over to God. And, and when you give it over, leave it in his hands because he's a faithful God. We like to think we can control everything in life. We control what we can control, but those things that we cannot we recognize that um, we have a God who loves us and cares for us. Uh, let me ask you, Pastor, how did you do, you know, 
why don't you tell the audience a little bit of your background? Because I know some of the people out there know exactly who you are, but some of the people may not. So you can give us a little bit of your background, how you came to the to the Lord. Well, it's a really interesting journey. I wrote about it in a book called Something Greater that people can get at you know Amazon or Books a Million or all the places Barnes and Noble. Then go to somethinggreater.com and and just get this. But I I didn't grow up in church. I had no concept of faith whatsoever. Um, I came through a very traumatic childhood. I was born into a pretty well-to-do family. Uh, my mother had two masters, a doctorate. My father committed suicide when I was five years old. Uh, my mother, though very functional in her professional life, was very absentee. As a mother, I knew she loved me and, and did as good as she could, uh, but she became a raging alcoholic, and uh, we moved 14 different times. She remarried a two-star admiral who was chief of medical service corps. So I grew up with a, a lot of issues, to say the least. Um, you know, fundamentally felt like I had abandonment issues from my father killing himself. It took on a faulty belief, and we know that activators create beliefs, and beliefs produce behavior, and behavior create consequences and cycles in our life. So by the time I'm 18 years old, I'm, I, you know, I'm, kind of train wrecking my life. And I say that in the sense that I was a good girl, quote unquote, but I was looking for love in all the wrong places. I, you know, had really lacked um, just a lot of uh, any, any confidence or a foundation of, of what a healthy, safe, uh, validated, those things that we need to, you know, just, just our human needs in life. I, I had, no boundaries, inner child issues. I mean, just full of a mess. But at 18 years old, I was chasing a guy. My story always has a guy in it, but it ends up with the right to John and Jesus, I say. So uh, I was chasing this musician, go to his uncle's house and his grandmother's house. Actually, his uncle looks me in my eye and said, I've got the answers to your questions and the solution to your pain and problems. And I looked at him real funny and defensive. And he opens up this book. It's a Bible. And he begins to share with me the love of God, but he also was telling me some pretty harsh things. I mean, he was telling me, you know, as a sinner, I'm like, I'm a what? (laughs) I didn't like some of the stuff he was saying to me. He was saying it with such passion and with such love that was piercing through all those layers of pain and hurt and trauma and abuse and all the the dysfunction that had occurred uh, that had formed this faulty belief and identity in my life. And he leads me to the Lord, and I received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I, he said, told me to go to church. I'm 18 years old. I'm uh, being kicked out of my family that time. I'd gotten pregnant out of wedlock. I mean, I was just, like I said, kind of a hot mess and um, write all about this and something greater. And so I'm living in this trailer in Bill Moxley where I'd go to this church, a few different churches. People are like 60, 70 years old, and I'm 54 now, so that's pretty young. So, but at the time, everyone was old to me. So I said, I need that book. I need that book. I get a Bible, and I hold it up, not knowing what I'm asking. And I said, God, show me who you are. Show me who I am, and show me what life's all about. And he begins to do that. I, I didn't even know. I had no concept. And for two years, I do nothing but stay in the Word of God. And somebody was very generous to me. One day, they brought me a turkey. And ministry started for me. I was living in this trailer, and when they gave me this church, I just felt so much gratitude. I said, what can I do? 
And I took half my turkey. I lived in uh, about 45 minutes or so, an hour outside of D.C. I go and drive down and get on the BART and go into D.C. This is mid-80s, and it was the murder capital of the world at the time. There was an advocate by the name of Mitch Schneider who would feed the homeless. And I took my turkey and I started working and feeding the homeless. And I got so much joy. That's how ministry started for me, just loving kids on the street, working with the homeless, making a difference in inner cities. And one thing would lead to another that eventually we'd move to Tampa, um, the Galston man because the color of his skin with gasoline and I felt like the Lord said, go in there and show the love of God. I did this big children's program of teaching and uh, feeding and uh, taking care of those in need. And so I went in and people just started calling us pastor. It became the second largest church in the nation at one point uh, with 28,000 members. Same thing after Rodney King was in L.A., lived there for two years in Nickerson Gardens, Jordan Downs, Wyverly. And um, was negotiating between the Bloods and the Cribs, saw 50,000 people come to the Lord and, and just shared the love of God and, and met people in very practical ways. Uh, just through this COVID, our, our small church down here in Apopka, Florida, which is outside of Orlando, has distributed over two and a half million pounds of food. I just sit back in amazement how we've been able to do it. And we resource over 150 ministries and churches, human traffic center, homeless shelters, domestic abuse, violence centers, um, transitional homes, etc., and go to the people that are most vulnerable and food insecure, making a difference. It's been quite a journey to see what God's done, and, and most people want to know, well, how in the world did you get to know President Trump, you know, who I got to know 19 years ago, then as Mr. Trump, and I started a television program purely by faith. I felt like God had said, go on TV, and I had no idea what I was doing, didn't have a done. Uh, it took me like seven years to save $10,000 and signed a contract uh, for almost obligating me to a million and a half dollars, which I look back now and think that was absolutely insane and crazy. Uh, got pretty much blackballed from all your Christian stations as a woman back in the 90s. And and uh, I started on BET Tuesday mornings at 7.30 a.m. And it became wildly popular, as uh, Ebony Magazine would say, you know, things have changed when the most popular program on BET is Paula White, this white woman, uh, preaching the gospel. And so it we went on 47 networks, and Mr. Trump then saw me and called me out of the blue. They said, Mr. Trump's on the line. I said, oh, sure, sure. And they said, no, no, no. This is about 19 years ago now. And they said, no, for real, Paul, we're having fun. And they said, no, Mr. Trump's really on the line. And so I pick up, and sure enough, uh, his receptionist, Robin, says, uh, Mr. Trump would like to speak to you. And he says, you're fantastic. You've got the it factor. I said, oh, well, sir, we call that the anointing. And and he had been watching three of my programs called Value of Vision, and he repeated them to me almost verbatim. And I was quite impressed. I thought, boy, he listens better than most of the people in my Bible study or my church or, you know, I, I was just impressed. And we had an extensive conversation. I did a Bible study for the New York Yankees at the time. And he said, are you in New York? And I was um, pretty frequently. And so went to his office, met him, his staff, his family. And one thing led to another that I have had the great privilege 19 years now 
to be a spiritual advisor and pastor and and really uh, walk through times of prayer and decision and, and help surround him some, with some great uh, counsel and people in his life and, and seeing up in close picture and, and to know the man, not just the persona or the perception. And um, it's been a blessing serving his family and what a time we live in in our country. I'm so grateful for his policy and that he put it all out there to run for president. He asked me, he went in 2011, he said, Paul, I'm really thinking about running for president. Would you surround me and bring some people around to pray? I said, absolutely. So we had about 20 people uh, that came up to Trump Towers and were praying. And he wasn't in there the entire time. We were praying six hours that day. About He was in there a good portion of the time, though, uh, quite extensive. And uh, at the end, he said, what, what do you feel? What do you think, you know, should I do this? What, is, what, what do you feel by God? And I said, I, I feel that there's something, but it, it just doesn't feel like the timing's right. He had to make a big decision. So that, me too. He said, keep praying, keep praying. So we did for years. There are many people that were, um, I mean, several hundred that I knew that we were praying and just, you know, Lord, help lead and make the right decision. By 2014, he called me and said and keep praying of course i would see him almost weekly because i had a large church up there at one time and did bible study continuously and and so uh, as we continued to pray he made that big decision and um, it's an honor to serve our country and to serve many people to work with him on uh, issues of faith and opportunity for people of all faith and that's been a true blessing now i mean a lot of people out there are not going to believe that President Trump is a spiritual person. Yeah, I know. A lot of people don't believe a lot of things. They listen to a lot of uh, – there's a lot of noise in this uh, world. Um, I say this, um, pretty interesting because he came from a very strong Christian background. His uh, mother was a very godly praying woman who had tremendous influence on him. He was confirmed Presbyterian, grew up uh, going to both Saturday school and Sunday school, and then they transferred their membership to Norman Vincent Pills. And a lot of people think Norman Vincent Pills, our positive thinking, uh, which Dr. Pill had tremendous, tremendous influence on him. He says, you know, one of the hardest days of his life was uh, he was in his church every single Sunday until he retired. If he was in town, of course, there. And Dr. Peel, though, came up at a time when New York was um, very much like it has been throughout our history, a beacon of hope to the world, to our nation. Um, recently, uh, you know, unfortunately, we've seen uh, New York go through some real travesty and, and uh, difficult, difficult times. But uh, Norman Vincent Peel coming out of the war and out of the Depression brought a message where he took the Gospels with modern-day parables, and he would preach sermons that, to this day, uh, President Trump will talk about it. I mean, one he talks about often is he recalls one of the parables, and he'd wrap it in with Jim Sloan and the success of his life and et cetera. And it's a lot of formation, a lot of the Word, and a lot of uh, his beliefs. So when he started going to politics, I, I realized it was like one of the first interviews, and, you know, he— he was so proud and is so proud of his, his Bible 
that his mother gave him and, you know, his faith, he might not have worn that on his sleeve. I'm not saying that by any means is he a perfect man. None of us are. And he's a fighter. He's a disruptor. Um, you know, he doesn't usually start the fight, but he certainly will finish it if you're going to get in the boxing ring with him. It's his personality. I think a lot of people from New York that are in that sometimes tough business world um, understand that. And I think uh, God knew also what we needed. Um, but he certainly is a man of deep faith and conviction, and you can see that in his policy. Um, you can hear that in his heart if you're willing to listen. And this is a man that doesn't change his mind. He's not there all over the board. He's consistently always saying, you know, things like we worship God, not government. I mean, he was the one that was, we're going to put Mary back in Christmas. You know, we're, we're, when he realized how much the church had been silenced, um, he was the one that came forth with the Johnson amendment. He's the one that decided um, when he, 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 you know, unrehearsed, look at the debates with Hillary Clinton back and he just like, you're, you're willing to rip a child from its womb. And little did we know we'd be facing what we are that uh, states like Virginia and with governor Northam and all that many places would say, abortion to the time of birth and even after which is really execution and um, he truly is extremely pro-life and cares deeply and religious liberties um, what we're facing in california and in so many other states and places newsom saying no singing no chanting no reciting mass so much government uh, discrimination against houses of worship against places of faith immediately when there was, uh, I think, one of the first few hurricanes when he was president, he saw how churches responded and how houses of worship and places of faith responded and what good they would do in their communities. And so why should they be discriminated against? Why should not, they not be able to receive uh, federal funding for making a difference and doing what they do? So you see this all throughout. I mean, he courageously fought a, a big victory last week we had with the Supreme Court with the little sisters of the poor, those ferocious nuns, and right away in his administration, he just took a stand and had them in and supported them and stood with them, and it, previous administrations did the exact opposite. Uh, they were the ones that uh, put those laws in place and, and uh, tried to force nuns to give contraceptives against their deeply held religious conviction and belief. So he is such a fighter for the First and Second Amendment. Um, you see it in his policy. You see his compassion. You see his care. Everything from opportunity zones that is um, in the most distressed, vulnerable communities, about 8,000, a little over 8,700 of them that are being rebuilt, which right now it created a through the job acts and tax cuts. Um, a vehicle for private funding, private wealth, to be able to rebuild not just inner cities, suburban, urban, tribal, as well as rural. Um, we've come back alive in Vicksburg, Mississippi, or still mills in Pennsylvania, as well as uh, centers are working with the National Institute of Health and churches, et cetera, in Baltimore, and job creation from barbershops to 
uh, shopping center. So we, we have seen so much that already $100 billion has been, it's probably well over that now, has been poured into that and in very distressed communities. Access capital, HBCU, what he did for um, our black colleges, and every year they would come back. And the second year he said, why, why are you back again? What, what are you doing? They're like, well, we, we have to. So for 10 years he created funding that they would be sustained and have sustainability, of course, prior to COVID, highest unemployment. And you can already see what's happening, unemployment going down, even in this distress time, retail sales going up in May. Um what he's done, taking a tough stand on religious liberties around the world. Eight in ten people are persecuted around the world for their faith. He created the ministerial alliance with uh, the State Department and making sure, I mean, from bringing Andrew Brunson back to uh, taking a hard stand against uh, countries that kill people of faith to re- the religious liberty uh, EO and $50 million that was just released um, recently for international working with the NSC, particularly in countries that are socialist and communist and um, what they do to people of faith. And that's that's what we're really facing. I mean, where we're looking at it, when I said we had a big victory, little uh, sisters of the poor, the nuns, of course, uh, won their case at the Supreme Court by a landslide. Biden, on the other hand, don't know how he'll do it, but I kind of do um, if he gets elected, which we pray he does not. And people get out and really get understanding, good information, because he said he would overturn that. And uh, think about what he's saying. Like, he would absolutely do that. Well, we know that this next election is not just a four-year election. It's really a 30-year election because – Um, We'll be putting in probably a minimum of two Supreme Court justices, perhaps three, which will cause that to go for the next 30 years, either, you know, conservative and constitutional originalists or very, very liberal. And uh, the agenda behind the radical left is uh, quite frightening to those of us who simply want to enjoy our freedoms, raise our family, believe in capitalism, believe in the rights of our uh, Constitution, um, the right of freedom of speech, the right to worship freely, uh, to bear arms. I mean, just continue to go on and, and be good people and and be a blessing to others. Um, and we're fighting for those rights that were fought so hard to be given to us. Pastor Paula White, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with our listeners here on Connor's Corner. Oh, my pleasure. And um, thank you for having me on and uh, I hope people would really be praying for our president and vice president, administration, and family, and make sure that they get out and register to vote and get good information, follow up all the faith communities uh, throughout all the departments, the White House, and uh, just get, get good information, guys. And if they want the book, again, they can follow me on all my social media, um, Paula White Kane. I'm married to Jonathan Kane of Journey and wrote those great songs of Don't Stop Believing, Faithfully Open Arms. And so let's uh, let's see some generations preserved and let's see the heart and the soul of this nation preserved. Amen. Pastor Paula White again, thank you for being on our show. Thank you. Be blessed. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, today accompanied by my wife, Beth. Yeah. And our son, Michael. Here, here. Um... You know, again, we didn't spend a lot of time on estate planning today or elder law. And just 
couple of points to make. Connors and Sullivan is open now. So if you want to schedule an appointment with Connors and Sullivan, you can give us a call at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Now, if you want to give us a, a question through email, Michael, how do they do that? If you want to ask us an email question, just shoot your question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors, C-O-N-N-O-R-S, at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Maybe your question will even be answered on air. Okay, well, right now I think David Kincaid is uh, wishing us goodbye on hollowed ground. And remember, this stations, these stations broadcast from 111 Broadway next to Trinity Church, next to the Trinity Church graveyard, and which truly is hollowed ground, which has the bodies interred of, of Alexander Hamilton, Robert Fulton, and a lot of famous Americans of the uh, early part of our country's history. Thank you for listening to us. Lawyer, we'll see you next week at the same time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC.